You know, we hit on it so many times. And what just came up in my heart was, you know, that God just wanted to, uh, to take us just a step deeper. You know, whenever we say something, because we see in part, we give something in part. So even what I'm going to share is just a part. But I feel like the Lord has, has taken an aspect or a part, maybe it's a bigger part, and he wants to take us a step deeper in that. All right? All right, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get right into it. I feel like I'm supposed to. And then, you know, leave, thank you, sir. Then leave some time at the end. Thank you all. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Amen. Amen. We all excited? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Amen. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Fill us up. Fill us up. Huh. Where do I want to start? Where do you want to start, Father? Where do you want to start? Hmm. <laughs> well, I just, I just, I just want to just pray real quick. <laughs> Father, Dad, I, I thank you that you love us. And that's, that's the thing that you've put on my heart to speak on today is your love for us. That, that, that even though it's, it's greater than we can understand, there's a level of understanding that's necessary for us to live the life you've called us to live in relationship with you. And I, I just pray, Father, that, that our eyes are open our hearts are open, our ears are open to receive what you, Holy Spirit, want to say to us. That you've been ministering to us all morning. So I, that's why I pray that they are open. It's not that they're going to be open. They've been open to what you've been saying, doing, showing us. And we want to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge. We want to know it. We have to know it, God. We thank you that you first loved us. <laughs> I was listening to Chris Bowden, and he said that Christ was slain before the foundation of the earth. That means that God provided an answer before there was ever a problem. <laughs> so, God, we just, we just want to know your love today. We, want, we, we, we just want to hear what you're saying to us, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Last, last time I, I shared, I, I spoke on a heart for culture, and I almost feel like what I'm going to share today actually is kind of the, the horse, so to speak, that carries that cart, that, that everything I shared last time, it was, it was good, and I guess, but, you know, what God really wants to get down to today is I can't love myself, I can't love God, I can't love people if I haven't been encountered by the love that God has for me. And it's no different for any person. He's no respecter of persons. He loves us all equally. So, so, so that's what we're going to just kind of open up a little bit today. You know, just as a church, we're in transition. You know, if you look at the body of Christ in general, there's a lot of transition happening. And, you know, just in myself, just for us locally, I mean, just for here, you know, as a body, I'm like, okay, you know, got to pray more, we got to do this more, we got to go here, do that, you know. Um, 
you know, maybe fast, you know, whatever it is. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what, what about a name? What about a location? What about this and that? How do we reach culture? How do we re reach the young people? You know, there's just a different level of attack on young people today. You know, I mean, all of these things. And I'm just asking questions, you know, just before the Lord. And I felt like he, he just dropped in my spirit. He was like, son, the method hasn't changed. So, you know, in the midst of trying to get, so to speak, divine strategy from God and how to reach culture, reach the world that he's, he's called us to, he just dropped it in my spirit that it, it, it was the same in the 90s, it was the same in the 1900s, it was the same in the 1500s, the same in the, you know, 500 A.D., 50 A.D. It hasn't changed. And we're going to talk about that. So, uh, the title of this message today is Beloved. B-L-O-V-E-D. So, not only is, this, is there a call for us to be love, but in it is also the command to be loved by God. So let's just, let's just look at, at what the word says as far as it relates to the love of God, and then I want to get to the practicality of it. So... You know, preaching on love is like, how can I say this? If we're not careful, if we're not careful, love becomes something that's almost cliche. We use the word so much. And we say, okay, God loves me. Okay, got it, you know. No, you don't. We, we don't got it. You know, like, we get some of it. But if we don't, if we don't, if we're not encountered by the love of God, then everything else simply becomes almost, if we're not careful, works. Everything comes out of a place that it shouldn't come from. So really, if, if we dig down as far as we can, we go, 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 there should be a basis. And the basis isn't love so much as it is the fact that God loves me. Period. Not because I am this, I'm not this. Not because I'm, you know, king, saint, or I'm chief sinner. No, he loves me. Then we know that the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in a condition of being his enemies, he died for us. We know that the, the word says in 1 John that, that this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And gave his son for us as, a, as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Also in 1 John, it talks about the fact, literally, that God is love. Again, in 1 John, it says, Oh, what love the Father has poured out on us or lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. So I, I want to get, again, I, I keep saying it, but I, I want us to, to focus on the, the fact that there's a foundation that God desires for us to build our relationship with him on, our life with him on. And it has to be. It has to be. Not I love God. That, that comes second. It comes second. 
And, you know, sometimes so often, and please hear my heart when I say this. Please hear my heart when I say this. Sometimes we're trying to get people from there to here. The reality is when people realize that God came from here to here, then out of the abundance of that, I cannot help but do whatever, whether it's come up here or really we're talking primarily about the life we live outside of here. This is just two hours out of 168-hour week. But when we know that God didn't just come from this, I mean, this is just stairs, okay? He came from heaven to earth. When we realize that first, then this is just 10 feet, 30 feet, 40, you know, whatever. So I want to speak to that. I don't want to speak so much to our response yet. I want to speak to his response first. I'm telling you, like, I slept so good last night. I mean, I slept amazingly, you know. I, I normally don't sleep as well before I have to share. I actually slept a lot yesterday, to be honest with you, and the day before. Because I just said, you know what? This is what the Lord wants me to share. And this is what, I, I mean, this is what I'm going to share. And it's going to be good because that's what he wants me to say. All right. I, I'm just going to read some of these. So I, I, I want to cover some of this so that I don't necessarily get too far off track. But I've, I've, I've covered some of it. Love is not natural. It's not natural at all. Now, maybe the love that we've constructed, you know, maybe words for can be applied to natural things. But love at its root is supernatural. And to love requires us to tap into the supernatural. But it's not as though God has just left us without the ability to do it. You know, it says in Romans, what is it, 5, Romans 5, 5. That the love of God has been shed abroad. It's been poured out. I like to say that the love of God overflows in our heart by the Holy Spirit given us. You know, for something to pour out, for something to, to overflow, it's for my benefit. It's so that it flows back to him. It's so that it flows out to you. It's not just, it doesn't say that God gave us just enough love to love God back or just enough love to love your neighbor or just enough. No, it, it's been poured out. It's not a lesser love. It's not, it's not a, a, a miniature love. It's his love. Like, he is in me. But I, I really want us to get the fact that we have to start with God loves me. It, it's the, how can I say it? It's the cure-all for all the stuff we tend to talk about. And I don't want to necessarily get into things on a nitpicky level, okay? But so often we're like, you know, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm down, I'm, I'm this. Or, you know, our focus is on, okay, well, maybe finances or, you know, the state of the world. Or, or you, know, you know, the enemy is attacking our young people. I mean, our, our focus gets off and off and off and off. Until we forget that my father loves me. I don't, I don't have to merit it. 
I don't merit it. That's, that's, that, that's what even takes it to another level. I don't merit his love. So I, I, I want to talk about this, this fourfold relationship that starts with God loves me. Therefore, I can love God. And then I can love myself. And I can love others. That's, I want to stay on that just, I don't know, for however long God wants me to stay on it, but I just want to stay on that for a second. <laughs> As I was preparing, I felt like, you know, the Lord was just trying to get back to a centrality and a simplicity of the gospel. I think sometimes we, we complicate what is a, a simple gospel, a simple uh, good news, and really it starts at the fact that, that God loves me and he sent his son for me, period. I mean, that's in and of itself, that's the essence of it. I don't deserve any of it. But the gospel doesn't allow me to stay a victim. Doesn't allow me to say, okay, but, but you don't understand, you know, my father used to beat me as a kid. But no, no, you don't understand that he was never there. Nobody loved me. You don't understand that, you know, X, Y, Z. And what we do is we're really trying to get ministry for something that the gospel already took care of. We're trying, we're trying to, and again, hear my heart. Hear my heart. See, it's almost as though we're saying, okay, the love of God isn't enough. I need something else. There is nothing else. See, there's a depth. So, say, say, let's just say I could keep walking and the earth wasn't round, it was flat, but it never ended, okay? And I was, the love of God, its depth was in that direction. And with each step I took, I got deeper and deeper into it. There would be no end to it. I would just keep walking and walking and walking and walking. So, I'm not saying that there's not, you know, deliverance ministries and all these things. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is when the son said it's finished, it's finished. And it was done because of love. That's why it was done. I mean, the, the, one of the most popular verses in the world is John 3.16. We know what it says. That's the impetus for why he came. There's other reasons. There's things that he did as a response of love. But the root reason that he came was because he loved us. If it seems like I'm saying love a lot, I am. I am. God repeats himself a lot of times in the Bible. It's not because he doesn't know what he's saying or because he thinks that, you know, it, it doesn't need to be repeated this many times. We forget. We hear. We, I'm speaking to myself, this is as much for me as it is for all of us. So the gospel doesn't allow us to be victims. You know, um, I read a book by Donnie McClorklin, who is a, a, a pastor and a gospel artist in uh, Detroit. He used to live a homosexual lifestyle, and he wrote a book called From Eternal, fr from, yeah, from Eternal Victim to Eternal Victor. And that's the life that God has called all of us to live. We're eternal victors because he loves us. We're, we're no longer eternal victims. But if we're not careful, if we don't allow that love to so change us that I can love me, 
I can love me. Don't, don't skip the steps in the process, okay? Don't try and love the world if you don't love yourself, you don't love God, and you don't know the love that God has for you. Just stop. Just, just, if there's grace for it, just leave it alone. Go back to step one. God loves me. He loves you. He loves you. So now I can love you back. With what? My love? No. He gave it to me. I just, I just give it back. It's like cheating almost, really. And then I get to love myself with whose love? Mine? His. <laughs> and who do I love the world with? His love. So what is it that's mine? None of it. He gave it to me. It's all his. I'm just, I'm just receiving what he's done. It's not, no, it's not who he, what he's done. It's who he is. And because of who he is, then he does. Y'all getting this? Are we getting this? Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> you know, just as I was kind of stirring on this, as the Lord was just kind of taking me back to square one that he loves us, as cliche as that sounds, as we say it so much, but it, it does not take away from the power of it at all, one bit. And, you know, immediately my mind came to, to Revelations, I believe it's 2-4, where, where, where God is speaking to one of the churches and he says, but I have this against you, that you left your first love. You do this, you do that. I mean, there's all these things you do, they're good, I like it. It's good. Ha-ha. <laughs> but you left your first love, and that's me. Like, I want you to return back to that place. Whatever you do, like... Okay, so if this is the foundation and it's God loves me, what can I build on that if I'm building on that foundation that's not his will? That's not his desire, that doesn't please him. How, how can I build, if, if the foundation is God loves me and I've been encountered by that, how can I build on that and it not be something that pleases God? How can I? I can't. I can't build anything bad on that foundation. So when he says, I have this against you, you've left your first love, what they're saying is, you're building on something else. You forgot that this is the foundation I want you to build on. And I, I encourage us, even as we're, you know, God's transitioning us, as, as his desire is that this thing dies and God births something else. When we birth this thing, I'm not saying that this was never founded on this. What I'm saying is, is we have to be mindful that God's calling us to simply come back to the first love, him, and what we build is built on that, period. Whatever it looks like, where, when, all that, those are just, those are, I'm not saying they're not important, but in comparison to the foundation, they're not. They're not. So, we say, okay, well, well how do we do this? <laughs> you know, how? We have to learn to let ourselves be loved. We have to learn how to do it. And, and the Holy Spirit, he's our counselor, he's our teacher, he wants to show us what it looks like to allow the Father to love us. 
There's another verse that I've just really been stirring on. It's 1 Peter 3.15. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense or an answer to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. The beginning of that verse, in older scripts, it says this, But set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. (laughs) So, Sometimes I I look at our hearts, if we're not careful, as this big old pot, and we just, everything's in there. You know, you're like, oh, there's God right there, you know, and okay, here is, you know, family, and then here's this, and here's that over here, and it's like, no, 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 no. God gets his own pot. You can put everything else in the pot over here, but to set apart means that this is not, it's, it's over here, this is God gets this, okay? If he's just lumped in with everything else, just like, oh, okay, well, I like potatoes, but okay, there's God, you know, grab him out, you know, set that to the side. No, 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 no. Set apart is an intentional aspect that we set him apart. I love what the, ver- the version says, that, that we set apart Christ, which is Savior, Messiah, as Lord in our hearts, that he's king, that he's, 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 he's our owner. He's the one who gets to say, go here, go here, do this, do that. But it's not out of a, it's not from a taskmaster standpoint. It's, it's like Jesus says, I, I long to do those things which please the Father. And again, let's take a step back. If God loves me and now I'm in the Son, am I pleasing to God? Yes. But you don't know what I did yesterday. Am I pleasing to God? Yes. So, so what you're saying is, is I'm pleasing to God? Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's where we have to start. That's where we have to start. You know, there's a generation that hates religion. Do you know why? Because we got away from our first love. I can't be religious if that's my foundation. Not the religion the world hates. I believe it's in First Peter. It says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of the Lord is this, that you look after orphans and widows in their distress, and you keep yourself unspotted from the world. Period. None of the stuff we've added to it. Pure and undefiled religion is this. The world doesn't hate that. You know, they don't, they don't call Christians hypocrites because they go uh, into a, uh, a jail and minister to somebody or because they go and, you know, they're helping, you know, widows or orphans. No. It's the religion that we've added. Why? Because we've got away from that foundation. We've got away from our first love. I want to read, <laughs> I want to read the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. And the very last verse of 1 Corinthians 12 is, and behold, I show you a more excellent way. <laughs> I love it. You know, you've got two super, supernatural chapters. And it's like a bread sandwich. How many of us eat bread sandwiches? Just bread? You don't eat nothing in your sandwich? That's nasty. (laughs) But then you don't call it a sandwich. It's just bread. (laughs) I used to eat bread sandwiches as a kid. I'd roll up the bread and just eat it, but I don't do that no more. 
I need some meat, some cheese, lettuce. Put me something on there. I can't. I'm not just going to eat bread. You at least got to put some jelly and butter on it or something. So the last verse of 12, it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. But, or and yet, I'll show you a more excellent way. Mm. How do I want to say this? Sometimes. Can I hear my heart in this? I believe it's the Lord's heart. Okay, I'm just going to submit it to you. (laughs) Sometimes I don't think we see the manifestation of the Spirit as we ought to or, or, or we expect to see because we've forgotten the more excellent way. It's almost as though, and I'm submitting this to you. I'm just submitting it. It's almost as though the Holy Spirit's like, "Mm, no. I want you to love them. And then when you love them, the manifestation of who I am will come out of that. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I mean, if you've got that gifting or that calling or whatever it is, there's going to be a level of, um, there's going to be a level of manifestation in that that you can walk in. To be honest with you, Faith and love are not the same thing. You can have faith for something and walk in that thing and there be signs and wonders that follow, but you can be without love. And really, actually, he starts 1 Corinthians 13 with that. I'm not saying we discard spiritual gifts and that we discard desiring them. No, desire them. But don't build on a foundation that isn't God loves me. I love God, therefore I love myself and I can love others. Then we sandwich that bad boy with bread, okay, spiritual gifts, okay. All right, so in uh, verse 1 he says, though I speak with the tongues of men. I'm going to go through the beginning real quickly because I want to get to kind of the love aspect. Um, Tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. I'm just uh, sounding brass, a clanging cymbal. Do I have the gift of prophecy? I understand all mysteries and I have all knowledge. This isn't some. This isn't like you're super prophet. This is like I am all prophets. <laughs> it's like I know everything. And he says, and though I have, here it is, all faith. Not some faith, not mustard seed faith, not, not a lot of faith, but all faith that I could remove mountains. Not just move it. I say to the mountain, you're Mountain no longer exists, and the mountain's gone. But have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods, not some of them, this is I sold house and home, I gave it all away to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. There's no profit to it. Here it gets to talk about love. Love suffers long. You know, pastor, <laughs> pastor's like, well, you know, just, just talk on, you know, what's feeding you. And I was like, okay. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit changed that to something else, which is what I'm talking about today. 
But what I've been, what I've been feeding on is the fact that it, it talks about in 1 Peter that to this you were called, speaking of suffering, because Christ suffered for you. And he left you an example that you might follow in his footsteps. And that's, we'll, we'll talk about that another, another day. That way not, this is all we're going to talk about suffering for right now. So love suffers long. Love is kind. Doesn't envy. Love does not parade itself. Or it's not prideful. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in sin, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Prophecies will fail. Tongues will fail. Knowledge will vanish away. We know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I always thought that was interesting, even as it, uh, this is in the love chapter. <laughs> it's, almost as, it's almost like saying, all right, as a child, we didn't love. But, but, but now you're an adult. You're a man or a woman. And God's called us to put away childish things to become the man or woman of God that he's called us to be. And it requires us to, to love. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Then he immediately goes into pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts. <laughs> so again, don't think that I'm setting aside spiritual gifts or a desire for them. But again, I think Paul is, did the same thing. He said, okay, wait. I see that you're zealous for them. That's good. But don't forget love. Don't step away from our first love. Don't step away from the fact that he loved us first. And that really, he's calling us to love him back, to love ourselves rightly, to love others. You know, for me to love me, that means I honor myself. That means I do this, I'm not going to do that. I'll look at this, I'm not going to watch that. I'll listen to this, I'm not going to listen to that. But he honored me. In the cross. So again, it's not as though I'm lifting myself up. I'm, I'm not thinking of myself more holy than I ought. I'm just thinking of myself the way he thinks of me. Why is this important? I want us to think that. Because we have to get back to our first love. And wh wherever God's taking us individually... And as a body, it requires that. that. That as we look around, we know that there's an element to the world that's becoming darker. We see it. But what they need isn't a program. It's not a specific way of doing things. We don't even really need, again, hear what I'm saying, we don't even really need divine strategy as to how to do something. If, if we've got the foundation, if we've got the foundation that God loves me, 
he loves us, then I build from that. We, together, we build from that. And whatever we build on it, if we're in unity, there we go. Maybe we miss it. We miss it together in love. And that's where it says that God commands the blessing <laughs> in unity. It says in Matthew 24, 12, this is Jesus speaking, because lawlessness will abound in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. And I just, it came to my mind, and then immediately what rose up in my spirit was, but we are not those people. That's not us. It says the hearts of many. It doesn't say the hearts of all. And one of the things, if we look around the world, if we could trace it down, where do you think the root is? Love. The hearts, maybe it started at a child. My dad was never there. What do you expect? What, what do you want from me? I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, there's a bitterness in our heart that, that, that wells all the way down because we weren't loved. But, but the gospel says we don't get to use that as an excuse because he loves me. But they don't know that. So we get to model that. We get to be loved if you don't remember anything else that I say today, I want you to remember that. Be loved. Be loved. Be loved. Hmm. You know, there's a verse that says, if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. And I always used to think of that verse as like, well, God will meet you halfway. Have we, we've all said that, haven't we? What does that even mean? Halfway? If you came from heaven to earth, where are you going? <laughs> You're going to have to get back to heaven. That's, that's only half. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what it means. No, 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 no. God came 99.9999999999%. I mean, we probably can't even quantify what it looks like. And it looks different for everyone. You know what I'm saying? what that step towards God looks like. And it doesn't necessarily require a step out of your seat or a step out of wherever. See, God doesn't see like men sees. God sees the heart. So I can't look at you and make a, a determination on whether or not your heart is reaching out to God by what you look like or how you're seated, seated or, or the facial experience pressure on your face. I don't know. So I'm not going to judge. He knows. He knows. He sees all. I see in part. Even if the Holy Spirit gives me something, it's still a piece. I can't handle the whole thing. So I get to honor you because you got a part. 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 And they all fit together. Maybe your part sounds a little different than mine. Okay. Well, coins have two sides. They look different. We, we will never have the impact that God desires us to have in the world until we can love ourselves the way he loves us, with his love, 
We can never love ourselves until we love him back first. And until we know the love that he has for us, until we've encountered it. That's why Paul, Paul prays that, 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 that we would know the length, the width, the height, the depth. That, that there is this knowing, there, there is this encounter with the love of God that is necessary. We have to have it. And we have to start there. And if, if we've walked away, well, grace calls us back. It's not legalism. Grace just says, you left. Where'd you go? Oh, I was out in the world. Okay. Well, you're back now. How does the father respond to the prodigal son? I mean, this, if you, if you break it down, we have a son. There's two. So he gets half. And he comes and he says, Father, I want my share of the inheritance. In other words, I wish you were dead, but you're not. So can you give me the stuff that belongs to me as though you were dead? I'm gone. There's a world that I want to see, some ladies I want to meet, and I'm going. And the father gave it to him. But what does love do? Love suffers long. Love is kind. Doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself, it's not puffed up. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. So what did the father do? He hoped. He endured. He believed. With expectancy. My son's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And we say, okay, God's going to meet you halfway. Basically, this is all the son does. It says that he comes to the end of himself. He gets up. Whatever motive he had, maybe he was just hungry. Whatever. God can use what, God's just like, he's home. Put the robe on him, you know, put, put the sandals on his feet, give him a ring, throw a, get, get the fatted calf. We're having a party, a feast. All he did was just, he literally just gets up and walks home. And his, his, his reason when he comes back is like, you know, Father, you know, forgive me. I, I, I'm not even worthy to be one of your, your hired servants. And the father doesn't say, you're right. You're not worthy to be one of my hired servants. I'll get you a little shack over here and you can work your way back up. That would maybe be halfway, you know, I think. But No. He runs out to meet him. <laughs> he puts a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. He clothes him with a robe. And then we throw a party. That is what it means to be encountered by the love of the Father. That is encounter. You know, um, (laughs) 
Somebody's been on my heart, and you know who it is. And, uh, well, y'all don't. I'm, I looked at the person who knows who it is. And in my heart, I say, he just, he hasn't been encountered yet. But one day, one day, when he encounters the love of his father, not his earthly father, but his father, all that will change. So we just, we just believe. We endure. We hope. We expect. Because the father loves him. He just doesn't know it yet. It, it, it hasn't encountered him yet. Because once it does, we'll see a different man or woman. I want to just, um, <laughs> just right where we're at, just right where we're at, I just, I just want to pray for us. <laughs> you know, there's a, In quiet and waiting and in stillness, it allows God to speak in a way that I think in noise he doesn't. He does speak in noise, don't get me wrong. But there's just an invitation in, in the quiet that allows him to speak to us. And just even as I was just, just you know, stirring on all of this and sleeping and <laughs> just whatever I was doing, you know. Um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give us, I know we're about to go eat, you know, our minds are just, I encourage you just to stay with me for a second. <clears throat> if you would come up, uh, Haley, thank you, and just, you know, whatever, play something on the piano. <laughs> you got this. I just, I'm not going to call you up here. If you want to come up here, that's fine. I want to, us to just give just some moments, okay? I, I, I believe in body ministry. Do you hear what I'm saying? But right now, the Holy Spirit's able to minister to you by himself, all right? And I just, I just want to give just a moment for us to just close our eyes. We're not going to sing any words. If you want to sing, that's fine. But uh, can you just play something without words? <laughs> But if you want to sing, that's fine, okay? But I just encourage you, let's, let's just take a moment to just be still and know that he's God. And not just that he's God, but that he loves me. He loves us. He loves our children. He loves the world. He loves us. And we want, we want to know the love of God. There's a depth to it. We want to know it. Touch, just allow them to touch our hearts. If you don't know what to say, just say, help, God. <laughs> I need you. You know, it doesn't have to be words. All right? <laughs> yes, Jesus.
Father, we just declare our declaration is that you love us. <laughs> First, you love us. Father, we don't take it for granted. We love you. And I get to love myself <laughs> with your love. And I get to love, I get to love the world with your love. You know, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said that it's through the love that you have that the world will know that you're my disciples. Signs and wonders, great, amazing, necessary. But it's love. It's love. Father, I thank you that, <laughs> that everyone that's ran us, just ran and done their own thing, God. <laughs> that you pursue them. If the 99 are here and there's one that's that's wandered away, that that, that it says that you, Jesus, you go after them. So we just declare that to all those that have wandered off. Surely your goodness and mercy is chasing after them. We choose to return to you, our first love, Jesus. Let's just say this together as a body. Father, <laughs> you love me. You love me first, and I love you. And with the love that you've given me by the Holy Spirit, I love myself, and I get to love the world. You deserve all the glory, all the praise, all the adoration, all the worship, my very life, and I just give it to you. <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> amen. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>